everybody. It's Leslie Jane Seymour, founder of Covey Club, and I'm here for the Covey Cast. And we are going to talk about women reinventing themselves and the inspiration that comes from those amazing stories. I know some of you have been following us and you're signed up and you're listening to all the different podcasts. And if you like us, I hope you will give us a rating and so that other people can find us as well. Give us some stars and give us a a review and then other women just like you can find us. And today I am so excited I have been trying for a year to get onto CubbyCast. Her name is Margaret Roach. She runs a fabulous website, which is called Away to Garden. And she is my inspiration and many of the reasons why I ended up going back to Columbia to become a sustainability expert was because she got me into my garden. I'm, when I was doing more, I, um, I made myself every year a challenge to do something different. I used to kill everything I grew and I made it my plan to learn how to garden. And it's been just one of the most wonderful experiences of my life. And Margaret is, she was really the brains in many way behind ways behind Martha Stewart's gardening expertise when she was doing her magazines and her website and all that. She was the, oh my God, she was everything. She was the fashion editor and garden editor at Newsday. She was the EVP of Martha Stewart living on the media. And then she left 10 years ago and she went and decided to follow her heart's desire. And as she says so brilliantly in our talk, She said, success is when your desire matches your accomplishments. And she was looking for a different type of accomplishment that I think many of us are looking for, which is personal satisfaction and happiness. And she got it. So let's welcome Margaret Roach. So glad to have you here today. I can't believe, I think I've been chasing you since the very beginning because I said, (laughs) Margaret is the perfect example of someone who has reinvented herself. You just walked away from publishing and you just did it way before anybody else was thinking about this. So I thought you'd be a terrific inspiration to all these women out there who are trying to reinvent themselves. And an awful lot of them are coming out of our shared background and that's publishing or any kind of media. And so I would love for you to start by just talking about your history and how you got into publishing and then how you got out. Yeah, my ancient history, you mean. <laughs> I uh-huh. just celebrated. Ancient history is okay, yeah. but you were such a big deal in publishing oh, and you got yeah. out very early. You got out before the whole thing started to fall apart. So I would love to, to hear first a little bit about just your sure. background. How the heck did you get into Martha Stewart? And you were Martha in my mind for a long time. Um, So I I had worked in journalism since college, you know, in newspapers and then eventually in magazines and the last mm, nearly 15 years of my active career, corporate career at Martha Stewart, you know, in the beginning of Martha Stewart Living and the company and so forth. Um, In the later years as the editorial director of, you know, internet and books and magazines and so forth and um and and 10 years uh this past winter of having been uh out of the corporate world and out of the city more important because i'm right 
one of the things I am besides someone who is an editor and a writer and all that journalistic and publishing media stuff is that I'm a gardener. And so there was that constant throughout my career. Uh, Early on, I was a garden writer, actually. And, you know, I made a living doing that. And and, I didn't know that. And then became, yeah, and then became more of a uh, a manager, you know, I kind of had that mm-hmm. skill as well. And so I kept getting promoted. And that's what happens a lot of times in our careers is that, you know, we follow the opportunity. And sometimes that following the opportunity and the raise or the promotion yes. the takes tiny us raise. away. I'm sorry? The tiny raise. Yeah. So the raise, you know, you follow, you say, oh, well, this I can't, I can't say no to this opportunity. But what happens is you find yourself yourself going step by step by step farther away from your heart's desire, or at least I did. Mm -hmm. So um, whereas earlier on in my career, I was writing about things that I was more interested in personally, as I got to be more of a manager and got promoted, I was doing more administrative, executive, decision-making, meeting, meetings, meetings, meetings. <laughs> and right. I was exactly. less satisfied, you know, I was less, sat- it, was in- it was intellectually stimulating and it was exhilarating, but it wasn't creatively satisfying in the way that some of those earlier little things had been. Like many years ago, I was the garden writer for Newsday newspaper on Long Island, which is a big garden community, you know, so that was Mm -hmm. kind of, it was very much what I loved. And Mm -hmm. so I missed all that. Mm -hmm. And being, you know, being in the city, living in the city, um, you know, being in skyscrapers all day, Mm -hmm. isn't very connected to nature. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I was a garden or whatever out of soil, you know, and, and I, so that's a lot of why I did it. Plus, as you um, implied, it did seem like big changes were coming the more the internet kind of took hold and a lot of other changes um, were happening and it seemed like it was a good time to get out. Um, and, and plus it was a life phase thing for me. I was about 50 at the time and it's kind of like, how long do you want to wait? Um, right. So, yeah. So to, I, to go I escaped do what to you want to do. Yeah. I escaped to what had been my former weekend garden in a rural uh, county in New York State, and um, and to finally live in the garden, you know, which felt like my true home, really. So that was my thing. I mean, basically, my idea. Now, how did you set yourself up for that reinvention, though? Did you <laughs> squirrel away money for a year? You know, that's the old thing that I tell everybody in general. You need to plan ahead. You need to have your finances set up. Um, how did you get yourself so that I mean, did you launch hoping this would work? And then if you didn't, you'd have to go back to uh, corporate life? Or did you did you have a business plan? Did you have a financial plan? I wish I could tell you that I was totally, you know, bulletproof and had it all together. Um, but... Um, even though I had gone and consulted, you know, my accountant and done those things that you, you know, would uh, recommend to anyone. And you just said you do recommend to anyone that Mm -hmm. they do get some advice and plan ahead and so on and so forth. I I mean, when I left, 
within six months of when I departed, we had the beginning, it was officially declared the beginning of the Great Recession. Now, how oh, could I have... Oh, God, I didn't know? realize that. Oh, terrible. Yeah. So, so do you know what I mean? Who could have planned for right. that eventuality? Right. So that's, I think, the most, the best piece of advice of all. What did they say? Um, uh, plan for the worst and... <laughs> Hope, Hope for, the, for best. the best. <laughs> right. So, so I, I, so I had a good enough plan, but it wasn't good enough for the Great Recession because what happened is my plan was based on doing some uh, using my skills outside the formal corporate environment to maybe consult and have some clients. Well, what happened first was that a lot of consultant type contracts were gotten rid of in order for That's companies right. that were shrinking to retain their full-time employees they got rid of a lot of those extra consultants so right. that work dried up right so right. so i had planned but the plan turned out not to be um like i said bulletproof oh. um yeah but that you know what and this is the money thing has been you know it's good that you bring it up right away because the money thing has been the um the one thing that I realized that you can't 100% completely independently wealthy and money is no object. Um, you just, you have to be okay with simplifying some things and you have to be okay with always being ready to make a plan B or C or D. Um, mm -hmm. You know, another thing that happened is I didn't know you know, the benefits thing has changed. You know, we had the Affordable Care Act around the same right. time, you know, well, in the ensuing years has come into play and then all the changes in that. Well, that was an enormous expense that was more than double what I had expected to have to pay for that. So again, as well as I had planned, it wasn't good enough. Um, so I've had to be flexible. I've, you know, had to do a lot of funny jobs that I wouldn't have imagined doing it this life phase, <laughs> you know, right. freelance jobs. Um, but it's the thing is, if you're nimble and if your goal of where you want to be and why you want to be there, again, for me, I wanted to be in the garden. I wanted to be look out my window every day and see nature and connect to it, something I deprived myself of except on weekends all those years. If that's important enough, if that has enough value, it's worth, <clears throat> you know, kind of scrambling and simplifying and doing the other things to get it. So money has changed in value for me, I guess. What I think is valuable is no longer shopping on Madison Avenue. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that stuff doesn't appeal, uh, so like what, some of the freedoms I have now. What kinds of things did you simplify? What What did you take away out of your life that it, first you thought you would miss that you don't miss? <laughs> um, well, I, I, I was, I mean, I think the biggest change has been just in what I spend money on. I, I mean, I don't need wardrobes and I don't need yeah. um, to go down to the, the deli or the restaurant, you know, downstairs from my office and get, you know, lunch every day or whatever. I, I, I like to say that my secret to happiness, it's not orig an original thought, by the way, I'm, I'm using someone else's thought, probably a very old thought. My secret to happiness is eat when you're hungry and sleep when you're tired. And that's how I live these days. 
with my flow, my personal flow. And when I say, you know, eat when I'm hungry, what I'm eating is not running out or calling for takeout, you know, plus a tip. But like I'm nourishing myself, I'm caring for myself, I'm cooking for myself, basically three meals a day. Doesn't mean I don't go out with friends, you know, once a week or something. But it's not like it was those extra expenses, commutation, wardrobe, um, being in a city environment and just eating, you know, yeah, can I, remember it's like, I remember it was like 20 bucks for lunch, you know, you exactly. couldn't get away for less than that. You, the salad bar was 20 bucks, right? So, you know what? I can grow a lot of salad for $20 <laughs> a, <laughs> That's a right. year's worth. Uh, anyway, and I'm not saying I'm like a back to the lander, you know, I'm growing everything I eat and everything. But but there's so many economies that happen when you take care of yourself hands-on, when you're mm-hmm. more home-based. Um, a lot of extra help and stuff that you had, would, were buying on impulse because you were there or you're buying out of necessity because you were there in that urban environment, you know, and that's all there was for lunch. Well, I have a kitchen and I have a pantry and I have a freezer and I have a, you know, garden. Mm -hmm. So, so those things have really changed a lot. Um, As I said, healthcare ended up being something that was much, I couldn't simplify. It ended up being double what I had anticipated. Um, But, but a lot of things just became a lot less expensive because what I craved was a simpler life and a life Mm -hmm. where the great joy was going out outside, you know? And are you happier now than you were when you were in corporate? (laughs) Do you look back and say, gee, I should have done that before? Um, I don't think I would have been ready to do it before. Uh, Just emotionally, you know, mature, maturity wise. I, um, it, it was a big decision and it probably, it came at the right time for me. I had um, enough experience and maturity to know how to, as I was saying before, you know, make a plan B and if need be, make a plan C and be nimble. And I'd been through enough experiences in business and in life that I guess I could draw on um, those past experiences for like to help guide me through mm-hmm. what presented itself, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think I, w- I don't, I don't wish that I had done it at 30. No. Um, mm-hmm. I'm glad I didn't wait any longer. Mm-hmm. Um, because, uh, the, I always, I, I always go to sleep happy and I wake up happy and it, it sounds, you know, silly and trite maybe, but you know, literally, the chair that I sit in most of the day uh, working, if I'm working indoors, and the windows that I can see out from that chair. I mean, I could just be happy sitting in that chair forever and just watching the changing landscape, you know, and the seasons and everything. It's just, for me, it's enough, and it's plenty, actually. Uh, So maybe my goals were simpler. You know, I just wanted to be connected to the outdoors. Um, And that's not very expensive. You've done an amazing job. And I have to say, I mean, I started following you very early on and I would buy things from a way to garden. And I put some of the people that you mentioned in your podcasts and on your site into more um, because I knew that there were readers who wanted to know more about it. We did your story and more written. Yes. Um, and, uh, I'm just, I'm amazed at how you were able to just take that and turn it into an actual business. And, um, so what was, what was the biggest surprise 
realize about being publicly digital space. And you've made it a business where there are an awful lot of people who've left and they're going out there and they're building Facebook pages with a lot of people, but they don't know how to monetize. Um, so what was the biggest surprise? I'm sorry. Yeah. What was the biggest surprise for you and the biggest difference between um, the the work you were doing that was print and then taking mm. it into digital? Did anything surprise you? Did you find it was completely analogous? Did you find yeah. that it was more uh, rewarding did you yeah it's changed a lot in the 10 years i had um run the as part of my old job at martha i had run the um, internet and so i had started i'd run the project begin to to develop marthastewart.com the original website so i had been involved in digital as long as any of us had been, you, you know what I mean? Not in a, I mean, I'm not a technician, I'm not a technologist, but, right. but I'm pretty, I'm pretty savvy about it. And so, mm-hmm. um, and so, you know, in trying when I, as I said before, when the great recession presented itself and it looked like my former consulting things with the big companies weren't going to necessarily be so happening, I thought, well, okay, what skills do I have? Okay, well, I know how to make websites. Okay, so why don't I see if small businesses up here need help making websites? I Ah. was willing to just take the germ of my various, the facets of, uh, you know, my various uh, aspects of my knowledge and do it on a tiniest scale if that's what it took to pay the bills. Like, it's... uh, I had a lack of a lot of that sort of ego and mm-hmm. six, the traditional val, uh, definition of success. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had to say, what do I know how to do? Who here might need it? Who somewhere might need it? You know, and I've ended up doing sort of translating my skills that I was using at a very, uh, um, I hate to use words like higher because that sounds like better or more important, but higher level, you know, in that more sure. corporate lucrative environment. And I just sort of said, well, here's what I know how to do. Who needs it? And I've done some wacky, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you said I made it into a business. I sometimes think it's like monkey business because I've just sort of cobbled together a practice, you know, of a little consulting here, but again, mostly for small businesses and local entities and peop- individuals. Um, I do freelance writing for people. Um, I've uh, you know, I've done everything from going helping people with their gardens to, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I just looked at what skill set I had and how could I market it when the recession came and things were mm-hmm. different. Plus, I've written some books and that was, of course, what I had hoped there'd be more of. That's that's the mm-hmm. thing that I love the most. was great. Um, and that is my my favorite thing other than plants is writing. Mm. What so. about reaching your audience? <laughs> Do you love what I'm really finding is is I love the fact that I'm now off the off the page and into contact with the consumer, and it's so much more intimate and so much more interesting to be oh, all the different yes, ways yes. that you can reach a consumer. Yes, and I think um, people are always surprised. Uh, I do each, I have a, a podcast, a garden podcast uh, that I do each week. I guess it's for Which like seven fabulous. or eight years. And, I listen to uh, it all the time. Yeah. And once a month I do a kind of a Q&A show and people are really surprised. Like, you know, I solicit questions and 
uh, people are surprised that like I'll I mean, I don't get to every question, but I when I get an email from somebody, I try to at least steer them in the right direction. People are like, oh, I can't believe I got an answer. And I think, well, but hey, it's like, of course, I want to try to point you in the right direction for that information. You know, it, it's like I love exactly what you're saying. I love the fact that it's closer contact. And I'm finding recently, um, I just because of overload and being a one-woman band, I hadn't been fastidious about doing Instagram as I should have the last five years. You know, I had started and then and then really abandoned it and only just started again recently the last few months. And I find there that the conversations, people jump in and say things and it gets me thinking and I feel oh, like I'm yeah. connecting. You know, and I love that. I love that part of it, which as you point out, we didn't have in the magazines yeah. quite as intimately. And your business is so visual that I mean, it's yes. a medium invented for you in many ways. Yes. And, and yes, and, and shame on me. I mean, I, what was happening and is that, uh, and, and you mentioned sort of this at the beginning about Facebook and people saying, oh, they're going to start a Facebook page. I had done that and it had become very popular. But then things changed with Facebook and yeah. they have continued to change. And kind so there you, you are, you put your eggs in the one basket and uh-oh, uh-oh, uh -oh, no. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very dangerous. Yeah. And then you do things where you have people up to your garden, you have talk about your event kind yes. of things that you do too, because yeah. you're very much like me, where you are really um, opening up yourself, your home, your expertise to people live. Yes. Yeah, so I've been doing part of a national garden visiting program called Garden Conservancy Open Days that happens all around the country on different weekends. I've been doing that for maybe 22, 23 years. And um, I do a couple of those or a few of those a year. And those are kind of big open walkthroughs. You know, you come and you can donate money to the conservancy, uh, but but it's not ticketed or whatever. It's just a, so it can be, you know, 300 people can come or 600 people can come. You never know on a given day. Mm -hmm. And then I also do, since I've lived up here full time, I do a smaller ticketed events where people come for a half day around a particular subject. And I co-teach those with various expert friends, depending on the topic. And those I really love doing because that's, again, more like that intimate stuff you were talking about. Um, and then I also teach webinars in the winter because I, I don't like to travel around and lecture. I like to be here at home, mm -hmm. um, but I want to be able to reach people with the garden lectures that I used to enjoy traveling to do. So I do them as webinars now. And that's uh, fun and we do Q&A at the end and so forth so um, so yeah so I have all of those kinds of dimensions and I do do some lecturing around the region you know where I can get in the car and drive somewhere and go do it and come back um, <laughs> as long as I can sleep in my own bed <laughs> wow you are really a homebody that's so interesting well so, and I, yeah go ahead. again if, if, if that's that's what I missed was here, being able to be here. I felt like I had only been here maybe 48 hours right. a week in the 21 years I had had this place before I moved here full time. So what, was I, what did I crave? I craved being here. And what did I want most of all? What had the most value to me? And I mean, I think that's the most important thing when you're considering a dropout move or make or any new fresh start, right, is what really is what you crave? 
that's going to have value in this imagined new life because it's going to cost you to get it, right? You got to give up something to get it. Um, And that's what I craved. Did you have any responsibilities like children or alimony or anything like that you had to worry about or? No, no. And that changes it as well. Of course, Uh, people with families, you know, you, it's hard to make a decision like that, um, you know, with other people in the balance. So no, I was able to do it on my own. I was married years ago. I've been divorced for, you know, no lingering stuff like that. Mm. Um, yeah. So, so you're an independent uh, agent. You were able to make that decision. (laughs) Yes. And, and, and again, I only had to, I only had to satisfy my own sort of heart's desire stuff as well as Mm -hmm. pay my own bills. You know, it was, I was, Mm -hmm thinking about myself, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And so what was your biggest challenge, Margaret, when you decided to do this and starting your own business and leaving the corporate world? What were the challenges you ran into? Did you think about raising money or back then, I guess there really was not, it was not the kind of entrepreneurial craze today, which is, you know, for everything you do, if you have an idea, you got to raise money first. You were pr- probably yeah. doing it more like yeah. a regular business. Well, you know, the, yeah, I was a writer and an editor. And so blogging was a thing at that moment when I left. Mm -hmm. And I guess we all thought, oh, you know, this is going to lead to something. And and for some people, it has led to a lot more profit than for me. I mean, gardening is seasonal and regional. So you can't Mm -hmm. be all things to all people as a garden writer. It's Mm -hmm. a very niche thing because you're niche to people in your climate mostly. And I mean, I have people from all over the world who visit, but you know what I mean? You can't be an expert to everybody. And plus half the year, it's not so timely how to grow a tomato or, you know, (laughs) what ground cover to plant under your pine tree. You know what I mean? It's just not so timely. So there's ebbs and flows in traffic in garden writing, wherever you're doing it. So, um, so I, 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 I wanted to write books, something, again, I'd never had time for really in the corporate life. Uh, and I did a couple of those when I first came up here. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I'm not answering your question. I'm sorry, I get distracted. <laughs> That's all right. But what were the biggest challenges? Was, I mean, yeah. was it changing your lifestyle? Was it leaving your friends in corporate? Was it, and, and what were your biggest surprises? Yeah. I think the structure thing, you know, like you say, with kids and training a pet, they need structure and consistency. It was setting up, We, I was used to, without even really realizing it, that infrastructure, uh, you know, the the time, the when I had to be places and the support network, whether it was the help desk or the, um, you know, whatever, there was so much infrastructure. And I found myself in the first weeks... Um, kind of like sitting on the kitchen floor a lot, <laughs> um, yeah. you know, like kind of like with things strewn all around me. At one point, it was like I was sorting the Tupperware to match the <laughs> the mm-hmm. tops and the bottoms that were in the pantry in a big pile. And other times, it was like book ideas and sorting all the pieces of paper. I found myself literally in a sea of possibilities, but also a little bit of like, uh-oh, what's going to happen? Uh-oh, am I going to figure this out? You know, because you're all on your own. Yeah, um, that's different, I, you know. I talk about momentum. I found the whole as till I left corporate is that corporate is like a big rushing stream and you just sort of 
drop yourself into the stream and start rowing and you're successful yeah. depending on how well you can row in that stream. And it's awesome. I'm off sick on Thursday. It keeps going. When you're doing your yeah. own thing, it's so bizarre. You sit down at your table and it's like, maybe I'll go for a walk and then nothing will happen. <laughs> it's the most odd thing. You have to create momentum, which I think is a really weird um, realization. And without momentum, you can't make anything happen. Right. And, and uh, yes, and uh, friends have teased me in the past. They say, you know, Margaret, you're not type A, you're type triple A. Because, um, <laughs> and, and I'm, as much as that sort of perpetual motion uh, thing was maybe a little bit of a problem at certain junctures in life, you know, because I kind of can't sit still and I'm always doing 20 things at once and I'm, that's just how I work. Um, yes. I'll have 10 projects going around me all the time and it can be, you know, other people might not find that so, so, uh, such a great uh, influence or whatever, but it, it pays off now because I have, I'm always able to jump into something that seems appealing. Um, yes. I think the other, you know, you asked about um, issues or challenges. And one of the yes. other things was you have to give yourself time off, just like you have to structure your work, because as yes. you just said, otherwise, oops, nothing gets done. Right. You also have to say, like I call it, uh, I say I'm declaring a national holiday, Ooh, Haha, like that. I'm a whole nation unto myself. I, I will like say, okay, today's a national holiday. And that means I'm not going to do anything, quote, productive, you know, that's maybe like earning something. I'm mm. going to just wander around if I want to. I'm going to read a book. I'm going to, like, I think it's really important to do that too, to allow ourselves that too when we're self-employed, um, you know. It's not to do 24-7. Isn't yes, that what I we left after I find that very all? difficult um, in that I feel compelled all day long that, you know, when I have a moment <laughs> to, that I'm free, I grab the computer and I start working on the business. And then the problem with that is that every day is the same, including yes. the weekends, and you kind of tend to burn out. So yes. I haven't been good enough that I'm going to have to pick up one of your national holidays. Maybe you can give me a, a schedule of when they're coming so I can plan. And I'll <laughs> well, I'm telling in. you, I declare them very spontaneously when I feel myself getting to that point you just described. I just say, yeah, I just literally, I'll say it out loud to myself. I'll even just, or I'll mm -hmm. say it to a friend. I'll say, I think I'm declaring tomorrow a national holiday. <laughs> oh God. Cause it really is. It just, you, you starts to feel like everything is gray. Like there's no ups and downs. It's just this steady hum of constant work, which will never yeah. end. And you, yeah, it's not healthy. It's not good. Especially if you're in a um, creative, you know, creative business where the really, I find the only time I really come up with great ideas is when my brain is relaxed. And that yes. means I'm not worried about stuff and I'm not constantly working on things. Do you think that if you're not a type double A or triple A that you can be successful as a an entrepreneur or do you do you think that that's one of the requirements? Cuz I'm like you as a kid I would sit down with the TV, I had a workbook, I had a coloring book, I had a game. You know, where's my husband hilariously we finally would discuss this where he says his favorite day waking up with nothing on his calendar to do is his idea mm. of heaven that's my mm. idea of hell <laughs> yeah I, I i again i think i think success is when your desire 
matches your accomplishments, right? Right. It's not literally like entrepreneurial sounds like, you know, I'm making tons of money. To me, it sounds like I'm I'm striving to make tons of money, which isn't really for me. And and I'm sure a lot of your other guests, there's been the business model has been more about the levers having to do with, you know, the dollars, the ka-ching, right? right? And for me, it was being able to afford to be here and to follow my curiosity, and that's a super important part of my thing. I wanted to follow my curiosity. I had never studied science or especially the natural sciences. I had been a gardener all these years. I had a million questions I wanted to answer. I wanted to indulge the time to learn about moths and 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 insects and and all the animals and why plants do what they do i had so many questions i wanted to answer so i was willing to scale down a lot of other things and to work at a lot of nutty jobs um Mm -hmm. if need be and improvise and do the plan b and c like i was saying i was willing to do that to get that thing so i have Mm -hmm. a successful business in that i support myself it's not your perfect business model that some, you know, venture capitalists are going to come invest in any day. So right. it's matching. Does your desire and your accomplishment do those two things match up? I think. I love that. Um, so I, I think, think that, yeah, I think, I think I think anyone can do it, but they've got to yeah. make sure those two things aren't out of sync. Right, and I think that's more realistic for a lot of women. Um, who want to be satisfied. And that's what they're looking for at this point in their life. They're looking for satisfaction. They're looking for connection. It's interesting that you use the word curious because that is, I put in my tagline for Covey Club, um, curiosity, uh, um, sorry, lifelong learners. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a place for lifelong learners to connect because I found that all of my readers at Moore, the one thing we had in common is, we struck a chord with people, and that is why I thought it would be so great to have you on this show because you're definitely uber curious, and I think that fits with who these women are, who yeah. uh, I'm trying to create a, a place for them to be and learn, continuing to learn. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes it's going to mean I, – I don't think you can say I, – I, I couldn't have said I want to – I want to explore my curiosity. I want to garden when I want to garden. And then I want to also make a million dollars a month. Right. 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 (laughs) Do you know what I mean? That would have been a cockamamie business plan. I had to match the two Did you write a business plan or did you just sort of wing it? In the beginning, I did because, again, it was based on – um, a combination of consulting work, a hopeful book contract, which did come, and um, and the website. Uh, so I did, but again, everything shifted within six months of my being here. Yeah. Things started to sort of fall right. to pieces in a global way, and I just had to kind of let go of that and try my hand at different things. So I think I think being flexible is really, really important as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the best laid business plans don't necessarily, um, can't always come true, right? Can you give them three very concrete tips about what could, they could start with? Oh, yes. As I, I think the thing that we were just talking about is probably the most important, and I come back to it again and again and again as I shift and adapt and adjust. 
and refine my plan year after year here is, is to really make sure that both ends match up, you know, the sort of desire, um, and, you know, and the accomplishment. Uh, ooh, what... Uh, Definitely taking the time off. Definitely, again, that's another one we already talked about, but not expecting yourself, even though it's your new business and and you really want it to succeed, I, I think we have to take really good care of ourselves because after all, we are sort of the, um, well, we're the heart of it. And if we yes. drive ourselves into the ground, <laughs> you right. know, it isn't going anywhere. Um, what would a third one be? I mean, I guess I have to say just as a person who's benefited from it so much, take time to just go outside. Don't just type all day long. Don't stare into a machine all day long. Go and connect because the natural world for me has been transformational and has been you know, co- constantly inspirational and educational. I think it's good for anybody. And just like we don't want kids who have just screen time. We shouldn't mm-hmm. be adults and entrepreneurs who just have screen time either. So go outside. <laughs> yeah, I find, you know, it's really funny. I find um, that going out and really walking in nature, that's what I do as much as I can now that I'm home yes. and I don't have to be in an office. And the, actually the thought of being in an office again is so horrific to me and class and structure that you don't even, you know, you barely connect with nature at all during the day. Um, seems so horrific. And I, I do, that's what I do. When I need to think, I go out and I walk around our brook. I've lived in this community for 22 years and never had a chance to spend any time here and realize how beautiful it is. And it is a wonderful give back. You get so much, I mean, you know, and there's research obviously that's been done on that, that you, you get a calming sense, your heart rate goes down, all these things happen when you connect with nature. So Yeah, no, I I think it can't be uh, overestimated, the the value of that. So go outside. Yeah, go outside. Well, Margaret, I am so glad that you took the time to talk to the Covey cast. And I'm so delighted. And I follow you. And I hope every single person will come and go to A Way to Garden. What are the name of the two books that you wrote? So they can go pick those up as well. The one about dropping out was called And I Shall Have Some Peace There. Uh-huh. And then the more recent one is uh, was The Backyard Parables. That's a little more gardeny. And there's a new one coming out next spring. Ooh. So there you go. <laughs> oh, good. Next spring. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, good. Then you'll have, we'll have to get an excerpt or something, or you'll have to do something for the site so that uh, my readers and followers and members can find you. Thank you so much for having me. I'll talk to you soon again, I hope. I want to thank you all for listening to the CoveyCast. I hope you enjoyed our talk with Margaret Roach and her wonderful books that she's written and her discussion of how she got her fabulous website, A Way to Garden, up and running and how she's an independent woman and she's loving her life. And I think many of us are chasing that dream and she has succeeded. I hope that if you like CubbyCast, you will give us some ratings and some stars so other women who like the same kind of content that you do can find us. We want to be inspirational. We want to help every woman live her most fabulous life. And I think that's what we do. 
come join us at Covey Club. Find us as well for Covey Club on Facebook and Twitter and on Instagram. So join us again, and we will have even more for you about how to reinvent your life, tips and tricks to get it done. Thanks a lot. Talk to you next time.